If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Apologize for being out on Friday. There was a bit of a issue that is um, now addressed here in the Huff household. So I um, apologize. There was, a, just like I said, a bit of a unpredictable uh, circumstance situation Everything is fine now. Uh, wasn't necessarily the best on Thursday, late Thursday night, interfering with my ability to be adequately prepared in doing this program. So it's good to be back. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow. For those who are watching, good morning on the Facebook cam, those who are watching on Facebook. And so there's a couple things I want to get to that we did not get to. On on uh, Friday, that would include that would include Trump's speech on Thursday, folks. This was I thought this was absolutely fantastic. This victory speech is what this thing was. Th- this was again. We're talking about the speech at the White House. Where Trump came out and, and decla- Hello, declared victory. Sorry, technically. Go- Don't know what Oz is doing over here. But the um, the victory speech after the impeachment proceedings, testimony, or, uh, the hearing that took place on, well, during the impeachment process, of course, the vote happened, what was it, Wednesday? So Trump came out Thursday. Had a printed copy of the um, Washington Post, maybe one of those news uh, newspapers, and it said Trump acquitted or some such thing. And he held this thing up at the at the press conference. This uh, it really I don't know what you call this thing. It was a speech. Trump says it wasn't even a speech. It was a celebration, is what Trump called it. Which I thought this thing was fantastic. So we'll talk. A little bit about that, and that's probably where we'll where we'll start off, um, since I wasn't able to get to that on Friday. Um, Friday was all. Excuse me. Thursday was also the prayer breakfast day. I want to play a little bit of uh, some clips uh, clips from that, where Trump goes after apparently Romney and definitely Pelosi during the national prayer breakfast. And I want to get to other things as well, including 
last night's Oscars. I Look, I don't care about this stuff. I have no interest in this stuff other than what it might mean culturally, um, just just the, the influence or impact that this has on our culture and our thinking. So I want to talk a little bit about that as well. We've got New Hampshire tomorrow, the New, New Hampshire primaries. Um, Biden is in a world of hurt. Biden's out there uh, saying things to voters that are even crazy by Biden standards. So all sorts of things to unpack here today. But I want to start. I want to start with this uh, this celebration speech at the White House, which happened on Thursday after the acquittal vote. Trump gets packs the room full, packs the room full of people who are basically his most dedicated. Uh, supporters in Washington and packs this room full praises and thanks as many of them in this speech as he possibly can think of. You know, this is for those that have stood by Trump. Now this is the political side of this, but for those who have have stood by Trump, this is the political payoff is for Trump to go up to that podium and to go into a couple minute story or expression of thanks to, say, Mitch McConnell or take any uh, other number of Republicans. This is the political, I guess, thanks and payoff. This is how Trump does it. And and that's what this was. This was one big celebration, one big thankathon. That's kind of how I was thinking about this. And And good for Trump in the sense that this guy can't get any positive media coverage anywhere. Nothing uh, that he says is – the only way he can make it matter, I guess, is by going straight to the bully pulpit, which is effectively what he did. And so let's just even listen to the beginning as he walks up to the podium. And this is uh, this is the actual – this is audio from the event of Trump walking up to that podium where he's going to basically do a dance of celebration over – his victory, uh, uh, his, his impeachment victory. Listen to the celebration here, the, the, the tone, the feel of this as he walks up even to the podium. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Supposed to convey a message, right? The people that are covering this, predominantly the media, now Trump's doing it in their place. The people that are covering this only say negative, bad things about Trump. This is really kind of, you know, metaphorically thumbing the nose at them. This is our victory, says Trump. This is our celebration. This is continuing. I'm not 
us on the roof. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Wow. We've all been through a lot together, and uh, we probably deserve that hand for all of us because uh, it's been a very unfair situation. Yeah. So that, there it is. That, that's, that's the beginning of this thing. And that is, look, the, the, the feel of when you're, when you're Trump, and Trump is a master of media. Trump is a marketing communications, uh, you know, branding expert, I guess you could, you could say. And he understands the power of this stuff. The media also understands the power of this stuff, which is why one of the reasons why they hate Trump so much because he understands how to effectively beat them, beat them at their game. And so Trump understands what this is about, getting, getting the applause and uh, calling this a, a celebration, not just a speech. This is a, this is a celebration. We defeated, we defeated the left, the radical left, in their attempt to impeach President Trump over effectively nothing. So Trump continues. I'm about to get the bleep button out for this one. But Trump continues kind of by giving us a summary, a summary of where we started, how this thing evolved, and what he thought about the uh, particulars of the impeachment uh, investigation and the actual final trial in the, in the Senate. And we were treated unbelievably unfairly. And you have to understand, uh, we first went through Russia, Russia, Russia. It was all... <laughs> we then went through the Mueller report. And they should have come back one day later. They didn't. They came back two years later. So there he is at the podium. I bleeped out the forward. He said it was all, he said, uh, bull excrement is what he said. That's what the chuckles were about. So this, we went through this Russia, Russia, Russia nonsense. It was all bull excrement. Uh, he later, as I said, holds up the, the Washington Post, which is, yeah, the Trump headline, Trump, or the, the headline Trump acquitted. And Trump makes this comment as he's holding the paper up. For all to see, to cheers, of course, he's holding up right now and getting applause. Trump acquitted. <laughs> and he adds here in a moment. He adds how rare this sort of headline is for him in the Washington Post. Again, claps and cheers and pictures and iPhones and applause, applause, victory. Here he comes. <laughs> You could take that home, honey. Maybe we'll frame it. It's the only good headline I've ever had in the Washington Post. Truth in that. But every paper is the same. Does anybody have those papers? Does anybody have them? Because they're really hold them up. Know, like that. So I appreciate that. Uh, but some of the people here have been incredible warriors. They're warriors. And there's nothing from a legal standpoint. This is a political thing. And every time I'd say, this is unfair, let's go to court, they say, sir, you can yeah, so this he's he's right. This is again a celebration, a thankathon. How many people who stood with me during this impeachment shenanigan can I thank and publicly recognize um, at this event? That's effectively what it was. And 
by the way. I wanted to uh, kind of thumb my nose at the media. They have to cover this. They don't know what to do when I'm up here basically mocking them, reminding people the only good <clears throat> the only good headline I've ever gotten, Trump said, in the Washington Post is the one I got on the front page saying that I was saying that I was acquitted, telling his wife, honey, we can maybe take that home and frame that. Asking, does anyone else has anyone else seen the other newspapers today? Surprised he didn't ask people, hey, bring a newspaper, bring the different newspapers from around the country. And maybe when I call for them, bring those up to me. And I can announce your support for uh, through this impeachment process as you hand the paper to me, and we'll read the headline as well. But this was one big celebration, and I say good. I say good. We should politically make them pay the consequence for the shenanigans and the nonsense that they put us through. And I hope that this this sort of thing continues uh, to be done, to, to mock the nonsense that that we're subjected to on a day-in and day-out basis in Washington, D.C. So I want to play a few more sound bites from this uh, celebration speech that Trump gave on on Thursday. And as we get through that, I want to shift to some other things as well. But I've got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, talking here this morning about the speech that Trump gave, the celebratory speech that Trump gave on Thursday. I want to say Friday. I was out Friday. Again, we had a uh, bit of an issue here in the Huff household on, on Thursday night that we um, had to do something about and we're, everything's fine, but it did definitely impact my my Friday. So, but we're picking up here <laughs> with some of these sound bites. Uh, again, Trump's got the bully pulpit. Now, I want to pause here. I want to say, you know, some people. Uh, so, you, there, there are people, and I understand this to a point, right? There are people who say, "Look, this is this is beneath the office of the president. What are we doing? This guy's up there gloating, celebrating, whatever." And I, I can certainly see that, right, because this is meant to be a victory celebration, but it's meant to be political. I mean, this is political. Like it or not, politics involves some of this theater. Now, the thing is, we see political theater from the left constantly. We're supposed to take it seriously, though. We're supposed to pretend the things that we see from the radical left are serious, genuine, uh, that you know, endeavors they're being they're being very uh very thoughtful very thorough very serious in their responsibility to protect and defend the constitution of the united states when folks that's that's not the objective from these folks i i wish that it were i wish that the radical left cared about the constitution of the united states they only care about their uh well their interpretation of the Constitution when it helps protect their power, gives them more authority, somehow gets them more popular with a certain segment or subgroup of the voting population. 
This is not principled stuff. It's bad, bad, bad political theater is what we're subjected to. Trump's political theater is entertaining. This is entertaining stuff. Trump's up there holding up newspapers, telling his wife to the first lady of the United States to frame frame the newspaper. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy this. I do. I, I enjoy this a bit because because it's it's necessary to kind of smack sense into the group of uh, people, the, the the segment of the voting block or people who think that they follow politics. It's good to smack metaphorically. Metaphorically, don't. This is radio safe space. I'm not talking about an actual smack. This is all. This is all meant to be taken as metaphor and we're painting word pictures here but it's it's a metaphorical slap to the face of those who have been kind of lulled into a sleep into believing some of this leftist drivel it's not trump trump's not the only one that's doing political theater in fact every second of every day we're subjected to political theater by the radical left and i mean this they are, and it's bad. It's really, really bad political theater. But that's that's what this has become. And so Trump says, look, I, having been targeted as a, <laughs> as, a as a member of the cast, I didn't want to be part of this production. I didn't want to be part of this impeachment shenanigan, this impeachment debacle. I didn't want to be a part of this silly nonsense, but I was made the central character without my permission. And we we pursued this as though it was serious. It's like Trump's engaging in in some sort of of comedy, some sort of you know, old school entertainment, maybe like uh, I don't know, Johnny Carson esque or so. I, I don't I don't know. Something something that's meant to be entertaining and uh, but still have a political message, right? I mean, compare that to, you know, the, the left is is seeking its political drama, its political. You know, we're we're feigning outrage, we're incorrectly, or over maybe we should say over exaggerating. We're over exaggerating our amount of uh, angst how upset we are over President Trump and his tweets and all this kind of stuff. It's meant to be taken seriously. You know, folks are telling us he's Hitler. We've got a totalitarian. You know, some people wondering, is the 2020 election the last free election the United States is going to have? Maybe it's not even a free election. That's what they'll tell you the entire impeachment episode was about. And so I say good to this. I say good to this. One side cannot be given free license to engage in really, really pathetic, bad political drama, political theater. And then when Trump responds by kind of mocking them, teasing them, doing a celebration dance, victory celebration dance that basically everyone had to cover, I think this is fantastic. I think it's good stuff. Anyway, so Trump's got the bully pulpit here, so he's going to take advantage of this. So we're going to pick up here where he continues talking about the people involved in this impeachment process and what he has to say about them in particular. Uh, had I not fired James Comey, who was a disaster, by the way, 
Uh, it's possible I wouldn't even be standing here right now. We caught him in the act. Dirty cops, bad people. If this happened to President Obama, a lot of people would have been in jail for a long time already. Many, many years. Again, up there calling them dirty cops, bad people. Folks would have been in jail for a very, very long time already had they done this to, to President Obama. He also has some things to say about Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, who kind of became the point man for this entire impeachment operation. Now, these folks are both, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff, Schiff are both politically immune from any consequence here. They have... They have districts that are going to vote them in no matter what. In fact, they have districts that may even celebrate them as champions, as victors, as uh, as those who are doing what is necessary to save this constitutional republic. Ah, excuse me. Democracy, as they would say it. But Trump goes after Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff as well during this time in front of the cameras last Thursday. I've always said they're lousy politicians, but they do two things. They're vicious and mean. Vicious. These people are vicious. Adam Schiff is a vicious, horrible person. Nancy Pelosi is a horrible person. And she wanted to impeach a long time ago when she said, I pray for the president. I pray for the president. She doesn't pray. She may pray, but she prays for the opposite. (laughs) But I doubt she prays at all. And these are vicious people. But they do two things. They stick together. Historically, I'm not talking now. They stick together like glue. That's how they impeached, because they had whatever the number is, 220 people. So if they don't lose anybody, they'll be able to impeach anybody. You could be George Washington. You could have just won the war. And they say, let's get him out of office. And they stuck together, and they're vicious as hell. And they'll probably come back for more, but maybe not, because the Republican Party's poll numbers, Mitch, have now gone up more than any time, I think, since 2004, 2005. And you know what happened then? But in normal times, decades, you would call it. That was a little unusual time. It was for a very short period. Uh, the Republicans' party party's poll numbers and... Donald Trump's poll numbers are the highest I've ever had there. So maybe they will. They're a little bit more, I don't know, taunting's the word, but calling out at least, calling out some folks, challenging them, saying that it basically didn't work. You went through this entire charade, and at the end of the day, we have a president who can stand up here, do this victory speech. What did they expect, by the way? What did they expect whenever they filed these articles of impeachment. Remember when they were all somber and serious and Nancy Pelosi was borderline crying as she was oh, just so I'm so worried for my country. Oh my goodness, I'm so worried. Just I can't believe a president would do this. We tried not to. I fought the urge to impeach this guy. Oh my goodness. I mean she was on the the verge of tears, right? And then they marched those articles of impeachment over as though the Constitution had died. Like they were all pallbearers as they took those articles over. Very somber, very serious, very pathetic, bad political theater is what it was. 
They take it over there. They do all the shenanigans. All this stuff is is just bad. Bad acting. Bad everything. Bad rationale. Bad reasoning. Not serious. Serious, but not serious. Serious in the sense that they want to use it to benefit themselves. Not serious in the sense that there's anything substantive in anything we've just gone through. It's been a diversion. It's been an obstacle. It's been an obstruction. And so now, I mean, what did they expect? What did they really expect Trump would do? I think they deserve every single bit of this. I do. And I think it was good stuff. And I've got to take a break. Got to take a break. I might play one more bite from this when we return. Trump talking about Romney, the lone um, Republican senator who voted to remove remove Trump from office. Mitt Romney has voted to remove Trump from office. Of course, we talked about that a little bit last week as well. But anyway, maybe one more soundbite about this, and I want to move on to some other things in the news. Some other things happening. Of course, we got New Hampshire tomorrow. Lots of thoughts on that. Joe Biden is out there falling apart even more, maybe not even finishing fourth, maybe even moving into fifth in New Hampshire. We'll have to see you on that. But I've got to take a time out. You're listening to Radio Safe Space. That's right, Radio Safe Space here on Conservative Bitter Talk Radio Show. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Fox and Friends running on the television in the background during the program on mute. There are a few occasions that I forget to unmute it or excuse me, to mute it when I come back on on the air as I sometimes watch between our commercial breaks. I might watch Fox. I might flip it. Who knows? But I can't do anything today. And I have to tell you because I heard from some of you um, when I made some comments about our Roku. We have Roku devices uh, for those of you who don't know, the studio's in the uh, in our home. So we have two other Roku TVs in this. Well, they're not Roku TVs. They're the little sticks that go in other other TVs. Um, does Roku, I don't even know. Does Roku make a TV or maybe they just make the device? I don't know. I don't follow that stuff closely. But anyway, we have three of these things. And I made the comment that the batteries in the remotes or the remotes – worked about i think maybe a, a four or five minutes before they stopped working and it, this has affected the we're, we're, we're stuck here on the screensaver on the tv this morning i know some of you felt the need to defend your roku and that's great we are unable to get cooperation from our roku devices in many instances here in the Huff household. So I'm looking at a screensaver right now. It's an interesting screensaver, I will say that. The Roku screensaver with the Titanic in the background. It's like Big Ben maybe getting... It's kind of a bizarre. I got a volcano back here. It's like a UFO hovering over Big Ben, Ferris wheels, all sorts of things. Anyway, I want to play one more soundbite here. One more soundbite and I want to move on. Now, keep something else to keep in mind. This... This speech that Trump gave last Thursday, this celebration address was was given the same morning of the national – well, it was given later in the day. That morning was the national prayer breakfast, which I want to play a soundbite about that in the next segment. But I want to play one more here, 
one more here. I, I, I mentioned that because he kind of references uh, some some things that you might have heard him reference in the prayer breakfast. So in his mind, these things are fresh because he just talked about that at eight or eight fifteen that morning, and so now he's you know twelve thirty one o'clock. He's up here talking about it again, so it might be fresh in his mind. Uh, so he's now talking about Mitt Romney here. I want you to hear this. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll move on to talk about the prayer breakfast on Thursday as well. But this is what he has to say about Mitt Romney. It's okay if they need that. It's it's incorrect. It's totally incorrect. And then you have some that used religion as a crutch. They never used it before. An article written today. Never heard him use it before. But today, you know, it's one of those things. But, you know, it's a failed presidential candidate, so things can happen when you fail so badly running for president. But, Josh Hawley, I want to thank you. You were So that's what he has to say about, about Mitt Romney. He goes on to say he praises Mike Lee. Mike Lee, the other senator from the great state of Utah, is in attendance that day as well. I shouldn't say as well because Romney, of course, is nowhere near this thing. But Mike Lee is sitting there and – President Trump basically says, you know, you are the best <laughs> the best senator from the state of Utah. Tell the people of Utah that I'm sorry. I'm sorry about Mitt Romney. Uh, you're by far, Senator Lee, much more popular than Mitt Romney in the state. You're doing a great job sort of thing. Again, this was a thankathon. This was a celebration. This was a victory lap. This was this was exactly in my mind what <laughs> what this should be. It was a little bit of Good political theater, entertaining, engaging, interactive. The audience was genuinely fired up. You never know where these things are going to go with Trump. So they're sitting on the proverbial edge of their seats, not knowing what he's about to say or do next. But this is part of the antidote to what we're subjected to day in and day out by those who fabricate these these narratives, these these folks who are engaged in dishonesty and really really bad political theater along the way this is one of the ways to combat it and they don't have the slightest idea they don't have the slightest idea what to do to stop it because they've never seen it before normally by this point in time republican presidents would be so terrified and ashamed and cowering in the corner trump comes out with the celebration victory dance and they're forced to cover it which makes this even better to me there's nothing that they can effectively do. They know that people want to see this stuff. They know that Trump is a is a media machine. He's unstoppable in that regard, and they don't have a they don't have uh, they don't have a solution an answer to what Trump does. Anyway, gotta take a break when we get back. I'm gonna talk a little bit about the prayer breakfast on on Thursday. I want to play a soundbite of something Trump said when he took the podium. Again, that was the same day as this victory speech, just a few hours earlier. I think about four hours earlier, he was at the National Prayer Breakfast. Doing things, again, as President Trump is known to do, that are not that are not uh, normally part of the routine, that are sometimes uh, the opposite of what people have come to be accustomed to or think that an event should be. Trump comes in kind of uh, both guns a-blazing, metaphorically speaking. Again, radio safe space. Don't freak out if you're a leftist tuning in today. The President Trump uh, addressing the crowd at the National Prayer Breakfast. He goes he goes after a couple of folks. So I want to share that when we return, but I've got to stop and take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, 
Todd Huff. Be advised, listening can cause you to lean to the right. So exercise caution out there today. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. I've alluded a couple times to the National Prayer Breakfast, and I want to play a soundbite of Trump talking there. I want to do this briefly as we're coming, uh, approaching the the top of the hour, the first hour. We'll shift to some other things the next hour, including New Hampshire, Biden, maybe a little bit about the Oscars last night. Gee whiz, what a <laughs> something else. But anyway... Um, I want to play this again. I was out Friday because of uh, something here in our in our family. Everything is fine now, but Thursday night it wasn't uh, necessarily. We weren't, we weren't entirely sure. Um, just had some things to deal with here, and like I said, everything is fine. And back to uh, things are much much improved. So wasn't able to talk about this Friday, but I do want to talk about this. This is President Trump talking at the National Prayer Breakfast. Keep that in mind. <clears throat> National Prayer Breakfast. Nancy Pelosi is sit, uh, sitting, I don't know, three or four seats off to his left as he's saying this. I want you to hear this. It's a couple minutes long, but if you haven't heard it, I think it's worth hearing, and we'll say a few more, a few words about this before we get to the top of the hour. Here it is. As everybody knows, my family, our great country, and your president have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very dishonest and corrupt people. They have done everything possible to destroy us and by so doing very badly hurt our nation. They know what they are doing is wrong, but they put themselves far ahead of our great country. Weeks ago and again yesterday, courageous Republican politicians and leaders had the wisdom, fortitude, and strength to do what everyone knows was right. I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong. Nor do I like people who say, I pray for you, when they know that that's not so. We're grateful to the people in this room for the love they show to religion. Not one religion, but many religions. They're brave. They're brilliant. They're fighters. They like people. And sometimes they hate people. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm trying to learn. It's not easy. It's not easy. When they impeach you for nothing, uh, then you're supposed to like them. It's not easy, folks. I do my best. (laughs) It's not easy. It's not easy. I want to say a couple things about this really quickly. Number one... Number one, he he comes out there. Now, you're not supposed to do this, right? I, I said she was about three seats down. I think she was five seats down 
to his left. He's at a podium. There's two long tables on both sides. She's appropriately placed on the far left, by the way, of the of the table. There's some other people to the left of her in that setting. I don't know if there really were in that room or not. But he says, look, I don't I have a problem when people use faith as a justification for doing what they know is wrong. And he's directing that at, of course, Mitt, Mitt Romney. He thinks Mitt Romney made a an error, made uh, an excuse, I think Trump would say. He's using his faith as a crutch, he said, somewhere else. Uh, was that at the – I think we played that soundbite from the actual celebration, uh, victory celebration speech after he was acquitted in the Senate. But he says, look, it's it shouldn't be – you shouldn't use your faith as justification for doing – what you know is wrong, and and to that he's right. Now whether he should do this at the prayer breakfast, I'm you know folks have different thoughts, opinions on this, but I will add this: that the people throughout history, biblical history, the ones that use their faith for causing havoc and problems, often oppressing people, those folks received the most stern. Um, scolding from Jesus that you could have have gotten. These were the the pharisaical types, the religious types, the ones who supposedly had all the answers, who were telling us that their intentions were pure. But meanwhile, they were using using that position of authority to kind of lord it over the people, to to come up with details as to what violated the the, the law, the, the, the level of minutia that they went to. The amount of the amount of authority they thought that they had over the lives of the individual people is kind of incredible if you stop and think about it. And really, in one sense, this is makes up an entire an entire group of people today as well, thinking that they know best, sometimes using the argument that they're doing it for the people's best interests, and, and some even would say uh, for divine purposes, God's God's purposes. But knowingly using religion to justify something that's that's either something you knowingly uh, you know is wrong or to justify something uh, at best that you hope that you hope is not that you hope is uh, that you might suspect is wrong I should say Trump says that I, I've been subjected to that it's hard it's hard to come in here and see some of these people and hear some of these names and hear them say that they're praying for you when you know in reality all they want is for your political demise. I'm learning, he says. I'm learning. That's, of course, I think we can all relate to that aspect as we've all are dealing with uh, trying to figure out exactly how some folks try to manipulate and take advantage of things, even that include even that include religion. So I've got to get time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. understand why folks could be upset with President Trump. Genuine Bible-believing Christians, for example, might be upset with Trump for using the platform given to him at the National Prayer Breakfast for saying something about someone else, calling them out for what he believes is using religion, using their faith as 
an instrument that's convenient to help them politically. I understand that, but I also understand I also understand that there's a there's a logic, there's a uh, a rationale for calling out this sort of this sort of behavior. This is not good for faith. This is not good for politics. This all and what I mean by this is using your uh, using your faith or coming out and saying how you're you know you're praying for somebody and all this kind of stuff and if if you don't mean that if you don't mean that then that's not a good that's not a good thing i'm reminded i'm reminded of a lot of things in the bible that wouldn't have passed that test i'm reminded of elijah mocking the prophets of baal on mount carmel that wouldn't have passed the uh the test for some folks but it needed to be done and it was necessary and sometimes that makes us uncomfortable anyway i get it all but i gotta take a time out heading into the second hour guys sdg see you in a second hour in just a minute